Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to cars.com. It's magical. You are now listening to the Pat's Pulpit Podcast. All right. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Pat's Pulpit Podcast. I am Alex Shane here breaking down week four in the NFL with my good buddy, Rich Hill. Somehow this season is already more or less a quarter over. I never know how this happens. It sneaks up on me every year. The Patriots are sitting at one and three, the exact same record they had last year. This time, Rich Hill and I are breaking down week four. Patriots Packers, when we all saw this game in April, Rich, we knew exactly what was going to happen, that the Bailey Zappi versus Aaron Rodgers <laughs> showdown would be one for the ages. Hats took him to overtime. Probably could have won this game. Uh, you know, as far as Patriots losses go, the historic Patriots losses we've all endured over the years. This is one of those ones for me, at least. I don't know how you feel about this one, but I left this game feeling pretty good about how the, everything shook out. Yeah, totally. I mean, I feel like it reminds me of what was it, like 2016 or no, not at 2016 because they didn't lose after that. It was 2014 when they lost a very close game to the Packers. Uh, and it was like, you know what? This team could go all the way. I have no, no, no thought that this Patriots team could go all the way, but I feel pretty good about them. I don't know. This was their third string rookie quarterback. They had the lead halfway through the fourth quarter. Like they were in a very good spot. And, you know, they if they had Jacoby Myers, maybe they could have pulled it off. Like that's a wild thing to even consider. But they were in a pretty good spot. And I, I think that like, what you mentioned, like they are one and three is the exact same spot that they were in last year. They are exactly where we all thought they would be heading into this year. You know, we, everyone thought that they would be one and three, two and two at best at this point. And so being one and three with their third string quarterback, with all the injuries that they've faced, I have a lot of reasons to feel pretty good about this. Yeah. I mean, so do I. I mean, again, I don't even know where you want, want to start with this, but I think if you told me back in August, the Patriots would lose 27-24 in OT to the Packers, even with Mac Jones under center and everyone at full strength, I'd have been like, great. That's a great result for this team. And they did it with <laughs> Bailey Zappi. And it's funny, uh, you know, I wrote that article earlier last week about which quarterback Patriots fans would prefer to see starting Brian Hoyer or Bailey Zappi. That was very surprised to see a fairly overwhelming. It's almost 70 percent of, of fans wanted to see Bailey Zappi start over Brian Hoyer. Uh, I don't know if it's a scenario where they win with Brian Hoyer in there because Hoyer looked good in his limited drive. Um, it's not like. Mac Jones did much better than taking the ball at the New England 25, driving down to the red zone, the offense sputtering, kicking a field goal. That's kind of how the offense works in 2022. <laughs> so Hoyer was doing fine. Hopefully he's okay. I'm very much hopeful that the head injury he suffered against the Packers was more of a preventative kind of overreaction. The NFL tends to do when something more serious happens with the Tua situation. We'll have to see him back sooner rather than later. But for a fourth round rookie making his first ever meaningful snap, 
at Lambeau Field. <laughs> I mean, hats off to Bailey Zappi, man. Good for him. Yeah, he showed like he was competitive. He definitely made some like bad throws out there. But in general, I thought that it's very clear why Mac Jones has more upside. Mac Jones very clearly has more arm strength. He can have more zip on the ball down the field, which leaves him less vulnerable to turnovers down the field. But I was super impressed by how catchable a ball Zappy throws. Like he was, you know, it's how some quarterbacks only throw the ball at one speed. You think of like Ryan Mallett, like Zappy's touch on those passes, like think of the touchdown to Devontae Parker. That was beautiful. That was, that was such a, like an ultimate catchable ball. Like Parker didn't have to do anything to catch it. And like, obviously this is a very tamped down offense for Zappy. Like this was not the Patriots. Like, okay. Like we started piecing it together of how Aguilar can compete, how Devonte Parker can like be a hundred. Both of those guys can be hundred plus players. But I thought that they did a good enough job for Zappy to remain competitive. The r- offensive line was very good outside of Isaiah Wynn, who, you know, got benched for Marcus Cannon. The running game was very good. And, uh, with next week, I believe it's against the Lions. That's a very winnable game with Zappy, and I'm like excited to see what happens. So you think, regardless of Bailey Zappy, is under center going forward till Mac Jones is fully healthy? Well, it depends on like what the status is of Hoyer. You know, if Hoyer is dealing with a head injury, uh, you know, he was under that test. I think that it's under extra scrutiny, but also like the league should be super careful with it, anyways. Um, and Belichick has said he's like proactively pulled players from the game regardless of what they're uh you know if they've passed their concussion test or not just to keep them safe so i wouldn't be surprised if they let zappy cook uh you know just for one more week and like maybe jacoby myers will be back and you just see how many teams have so much success against the lions moving the ball they rank dead last in the league in points allowed and so for the patriots to be like okay well like harrison stevenson can go for 200 on the ground and zappy can go for a buck 50 and will be in a very good spot uh um, I, I feel like there's no reason to be like afraid of putting Zappy out there um, because also like, yes, it's a more limited playbook, but he executed it pretty well. I, I think that was yeah. like outside of like, I feel like there were some, some drops, like there was a, a pass or it was a third down play late in the game where he just completely missed Hunter Henry. Like Henry was open coming across the field. Zappy was like spinning out of the pocket and like definitely had a little bit of that rookie jitterbug out of, you know, as soon as he felt some pressure, but I feel like, you know, he's gotten his licks in there. I'm expecting him to be a little bit more with it against the the Lions if he's given that opportunity. And I think he'll find those p- plays. He'll find those players. Um, and so I, I think that there's enough positives from him that I would be fine. Um, and I, I, I wouldn't be shocked if they kept Hoyer out at least for one more week. I hope they do just for his sake. Again, even if it's not that serious a head injury, that's really not something you want to mess around with in any capacity. So I'm happy to let Hoyer sit. And if Zappy does have another solid game, I mean, great. If, if Again, like I said earlier, if you are an NFL quarterback who starts and wins a football game, some team's going to come asking about you in the offseason. Yep. And maybe we'll have a quarterback controversy. I doubt it. I still think Mac Jones is miles ahead of Zappy, even with the the the, the kind of veteran difference. But good for him. And, you know, he only threw the ball, what, 15 times against yep. the Packers? Uh, 10 of 15 for 99 yards and a TD. I think he would have had two DD- TDs. He had this, like, 25 or 27-yard pass to Aguilar that Aguilar had to slow down and go up and get just a little bit. If he'd let him just a little bit more and let him catch it in stride, that could have been another long touchdown. Uh, there were some rookie mistakes, as you mentioned. He held onto the ball too long a couple of times. Uh, he's not great throwing on the run when he scrambles out of the pocket. 
He felt some phantom pressure. A couple of balls went into the dirt. But again, these are all things you expect from a rookie going to Lambeau Field for your first ever. That's just a remarkable thing to do. Not only did you go into Lambeau Field for your first start, you didn't even know you were, you were going to get any time that week. I mean, you just kind of thrust in there. And with the run game being what it is, with Stevenson and Harris being able to run, both averaging over 4.5 yards a carry in that game, the fact that Kendrick Bourne's getting more involved in the offense, you mentioned Jacoby Myers coming back. Yeah, I mean, and the Patriots, they have a pretty soft schedule coming up over the next couple of weeks. I mean, they're going to they have Detroit. They have Cleveland, which is a huge question mark. Uh, the Bears are terrible. The Jets are terrible. The Colts are terrible. Then they have the bye week. So, I mean, I can see them going like four and two over that six-game stretch, which will put them up right around 500. So when Mac Jones comes back, they can make a real push. So this is a really interesting turn of events in New England right now. Yeah, totally. And I mean, I think that uh, where I get a lot more confidence in this team now than I did last year, despite them going on a tear and making the playoffs, is... Uh, to give credit to Matt Patricia, to give credit to the offensive coaching staff, I feel like they are doing a good job and not limiting the offense. I think one of the biggest issues that I had with last year's offense is that they were hyper conservative. And yes, that reared its head in overtime on fourth and five, but also like you got a rookie quarterback. Come on. Like yeah. I, I, I don't, I don't feel badly about that one. Like, yeah, it's fine. Uh, I will also not use that same logic last year. <laughs> it's Mac Jones when it's like, okay, he was the presumptive starter. You got to let him take those risks. This is your backup in his very first start in Lambo. Like you don't need to be going for those or like, I don't blame them for not going for those last year at this point. Uh, you know, they, they had been, or, you know, like give or take a week, they had been just like being cowards essentially where they just been like foregoing every single possible risk. Like they weren't throwing the ball deep anymore. They weren't, you know, taking their shots. They were trying to be extremely limited within their offensive attack. They were uh, like super predictable. You know what? Credit to Matt Patricia. I feel better about the offensive sequencing on what they're doing here. I think that there's definitely an element of creativity that's still missing. I feel like it's a pretty simplistic offense, but also that's fine. Maybe that's something that this offense needed was a little bit of simplicity. So some of these younger players can integrate. Um, and you know, it, Aglor is the team's leading receiver, which is kind of what you're expecting when you're paying him this much money. And Devonte Parker is producing as well. And so uh, they're calling the plays that put the, every player other than the tight ends in a position to succeed. Uh, and that is what it is. We've broken that down ad nauseum, but uh I feel pretty good about this co coaching staff, like calling things well on offense uh, to maximize their opportunities in a way that I feel like they were shying away from last year. It doesn't hurt Rich Hill that the Patriots defense is what it is. Let's uh, let's talk about Jack Jones for a minute. Yeah. Um, what a, I don't know how Belichick finds these cornerbacks in the later rounds of the draft or undrafted free agents. He always seems to find one, the JC Jacksons of the world, the Jack Joneses of the world. I would be all for an all Jones secondary on a couple of snaps. I'd be totally <laughs> fine with that. I feel like there is just a, a really instinctive uh, one gap kind of one cut player. I, he does need to work on his tackling a little bit. He's kind of really, he kind of goes really high on his tackles and gets bowled over, but he seems to show really good instincts. He seems to know where the ball is going to be. Jalen Mills was out in this game, which is important to remember. So he was kind of the, the starting slot corner Packers receivers aren't world beaters. So maybe that is a factor, but, Aaron Rodgers is a world beater, and for a very good chunk of this game, the New England defense made Aaron Rodgers look bad. 
Yeah. He was overthrowing. He was he was indecisive. Uh, he's kind of like Tom Brady. You give him long enough. You let him hang around long enough. He's going to rip you apart. And he eventually did the second half and the first half for two different games. But you've got to be amazed at the Patriots. We're able to get a pick six of Aaron Rodgers. I think that's his fourth ever career pick six. Maybe his six. It's less than like seven career pick sixes he's thrown. One was in the, against Jack Jones, a rookie. I mean, I think if this defense can just keep doing what they're doing, and Bailey, even if it's Bailey Zappi, if he can just keep developing a little bit, uh, you know, the Patriots can go on a really big run pretty soon. I'm, I'm pretty confident in that. Yeah, I mean, I think definitely some of my confidence comes from the production of the young players. Jack Jones being like a huge case in point, you know, putting him into a bigger role. He definitely stepped up to the opportunity. He plus Jonathan Jones plus Jalen Mills are like a very strong trio. It allows Jonathan Jones to go back into the slot where he's one of the top five slot corners in the league. Uh, And also, you know, they have a diversity in the type of player that they have. They can play a little bit more man coverage. They can do some mixing it up in a way that like, we were a little nervous at the beginning of the year of like, do they have the secondary talent to maintain the kind of defensive ability that they've had? That said, a huge concern that I have is their run defense. Aaron Jones, AJ Dillon went buck wild on them. And the Patriots linebackers are so bad that they had to sign back Jamie Collins. Uh, they're, they're trying to figure out what role he'll have on this team, but there were multiple times during the game where I was like, Dante Hightower would have made that stop or Dante Hightower would have shed that block or Dante Hightower would have like plugged that gap. And Bentley uh, is getting washed out uh, when they make him play a little bit closer to the edge because they're having Tavai be in the center. And Tavai is not very good. I feel like that that's like a challenge. I, I feel like Patricia really liked him. That's why he's in-house. Tavai, former second round pick of the Detroit Lions, uh, came over when Patricia came over. I feel like Tavai is just playing very much out of his depth. Bentley's playing out of position. He's not in a position where he's able to go as downhill as what his strength is. And Tavai is just not as good as going downhill as Bentley is. And so we're just kind of like shifting the linebackers to put them in a worst position to succeed. And so I have a lot of concern around what is going on with this defensive front when it comes to stopping the run, because that was their biggest issue last year. That was why the team started to struggle later in the year and in the postseason, like why that Browns game against Nick Chubb is going to be a huge stamp of what is going on with this defense. Because if you can't stop the run, Chubb's going for 200 yards. And uh, these linebackers have given me zero sense that they are up for that challenge. Yeah, there's a couple of things I'd love to maybe look closer into as the week goes on, because I have not watched any of the replay closely in this game. Uh, obviously, Lawrence Guy being out in this game was a factor. Was it a 200 yards on the ground factor? No, but maybe they have a little bit of a better stance uh, with, with Lawrence Guy in there. But I also wonder, again, I could be way off on this, and I, I again, I haven't watched the tape, so I have to go back and examine if this might have been possibly one of those kind of Pat's Colts 2013 or 14 where they allowed the Colt, uh, the, the the Broncos, excuse me, to run for like 200 yards because they knew Peyton Manning was Peyton Manning and he didn't want to give Manning the opportunity to shred him through the air. And so maybe they invited the run. Any chance there might have been some kind of defensive game plan where they knew Aaron Rodgers would see the defense and force him to run the ball to make the game go as fast as possible to limit everybody's possessions, knowing that they were outgunned on offense. And if they could just take advantage of their few offensive possessions, they could keep it close. Is that even a remote possibility? You think it was just a better running game against a bad running defense? Uh, yeah, I'd say like it's possible. 
I don't feel great about leaning into that approach though, just because, uh, you know, 13 carries, uh, they, or I guess 12, 12 carries for 87 yards and a score from like the two running backs and Christian Watson in the first, uh, first half. So like they were running strongly and also 14 carries for 81 yards on the ground in the second half. Like this game was never, uh, out of place for the, the Packers to run like a balanced offense. And also like, uh, yeah, maybe they were dedicating some of their resources to stopping Aaron Rodgers in the passing attack. And like, it's definitely a thing Belichick has done. I think that if you like, just from watching, you know, like the first view of the defensive performance, it feels like a lot of it was just the linebackers not being in the right position. Like there were plays where Adrian Phillips was getting washed out. There were plays where Tavai was getting blocked out and there were plays where Bentley was getting like run out of his lane. And it felt like it was just like a lower execution. I think there were times against like Peyton Manning when you're like, Oh, okay. We're just going to play dime the entire day. And like, it didn't, I didn't get the sense that that was uh, how that they were approaching it. Um, especially, you know, they, they I, I feel like they, they wanted to make sure that, you know, especially late in the game, the Packers couldn't just control the clock. Um, but they did. Uh, the Packers, you know, owned the clock, uh, you know, down the final stretch. Patriots couldn't really stop them. And I, I think that uh, if even per chance that was the defensive strategy early on, uh, I still don't think it was like super successful. No, it wasn't. I mean, I don't even know how many, was it six? He has like six yards of carry, Aaron Jones. I mean, Aaron Jones is a very good running back. You got to give credit where credit is due. Um, but this is funny, this this game in this past week both immensely helped and immensely hurt the drum I've been beating all year where they're bringing Dante Hightower back. They're bringing him back. He hasn't retired. He hasn't signed anywhere else. That can only mean one thing. He'll be back in New England. <laughs> and we're 100% right. He, there, there are certain plays he would have made against the Packers. You're, I also think you're 100% right that Tavai is just one of those guys that Patricia really likes, and he reached for him in the second round, and he's going to just beat that until it's over. But the fact that they signed Jamie Collins over Dante Hightower uh, takes some wind out of my Hightower sales a little bit. I feel that they must have come to him like, hey, you want to come back and play? He might have just said no. Maybe for the playoffs, I don't know. Uh, do you think Jamie Collins is, is the answer at all, Rich Hill? This is like his fifth stint with the team. I feel like at this point we know what we're going to get with him. Freakish athleticism. He's great for like three or four wild highlight real worthy plays a game. Other than that, very inconsistent. And I'm not sure he's the guy you really want to shore up a struggling linebacking core. Yeah, totally. And like, I don't think he has that freakish athleticism anymore. So like I, I my big issue is like, okay, yeah, you know what you're going to get with Jamie Collins. Uh, Hightower was better than him last year. Maybe Hightower is too expensive, but like Collins definitely is not the answer. But like, is he better than Tavai? Yeah, probably. I, I, I wouldn't be surprised by that. But that's more of damning praise like that. That's like uh, you look at the uh, the linebackers on it. The best linebacker is clearly Jawan Bentley. Uh, getting Jamie Collins would allow Bentley to go back to the middle of the defense and Collins can play a little bit more on the edge. But ultimately, what that highlights to me is just a failure to develop the role here, because what the heck is going on with Anthony Jennings and Josh Uche? Like, where is Josh Uche's breakout season? Where is the opportunity for Josh Uche to play that off the ball linebacker? That was one of his calling cards coming out of college is that like he had the flexibility to drop into coverage and like had the athleticism to cover some running backs out of the backfield. Like he is your freak athlete. He is who we want Jamie Collins to be uh, from an athletic profile. It's just that 
They're continuing to use him as a, you know, sub package pass rusher and that's it. Um, They're not giving him those opportunities. Jennings only played, you know, 38% of the snaps. These are not players that are giving, you know, I don't know necessarily if they're better than Tavai or not, but like, if we don't know that, like even Raquan McMillan is only a special teams linebacker. There is not a lot of even replacement level linebacker play coming from this team and they need to do some heavy investments into it next off season. They do. Bill Belichick teams have always run and lived and died by their linebacking core. And you can definitely correlate successful Super Bowl seasons with very strong cerebral linebackers. And there just really isn't that one this year. Maybe their first round draft pick, which could be high in 2023, will be a an elite college level linebacker. But I'm not talking about 2023 yet, Rich, because they're only one in three. But one thing I want to ask you. As we kind of start to wrap this up, again, we're both pretty high on this in terms of losses. This is not much of a, a bitch fest, which is nice. Um, if Brian Hoyer can't go this week, if he maybe has to miss a couple of weeks or whatever due to concussion protocol, whatever you want to call it, that leaves the Patriots with a single quarterback on the roster with, I'm oh. guessing, Jacoby Myers, if Zappy were to go down at any point. Are they going to bring somebody in, do you think? And if so, who do you think they'd be the best fit on very short notice to come in and be the backup to the rookie? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, because yeah, per, like Mac Jones, no need to hurry him back. Even Jacoby Myers dealing with that injury. Do you want him to be your backup quarterback in that situation? I don't know. Um, and so is your best option the triple option offense? Probably. Uh, just let uh, Kendrick Bourne be under center. Let him figure it out. Let him be point guard. Uh, honestly, though, like at this point. I have no idea what they would do uh, at that position because like, are they going to bring in like a Cam Newton type? I doubt it. They don't have a quarterback on the practice squad. Uh, So who is available to plug in who has either experience in the system or like some knowledge of it? Legitimately, I have no clue. Uh, I don't know if they've had any like workouts or anything like that recently. Um, The dream probably, uh, Ryan's Fitzpatrick. Yes, <laughs> like, I love it. Can you bring him out? He had like, I know he like technically retired this off season. Um, but if there's anyone that has both experience, you know, he, uh, he played with the dolphins under Chad O'Shea. So he has like some semblance of understanding. He's also like, you know, played for about 30 teams. And so he knows exactly how to pick up like the relevant parts of an offense quickly. Uh, I don't know. Like, is that the best option? There's no good option here, so why not go for the most fun one? My only concern with that, Rachel, is that if you have Fitzpatrick and Brian Hoyer on the same team, mm. those are two of the all-time great journeyman quarterbacks. There might be a lot of tension in the locker room between those two over who's had the best journeyman career. It's clearly Fitzpatrick. Maybe Hoyer will be motivated. I don't know. Uh, I would love to see that. That would make him... I don't know if there's been a quarterback ever who's played for every team in a division, but that would be really cool uh, to have it to put in his cap. Probably not going to happen. <clears throat> I, yeah, the, I guess the only issue, like, I think they 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 need to sign a quarterback. I, I do. They have to have somebody in some capacity. Even if it's like a practice squad guy, I, I, it's not going to be Cam. I don't want to sound like Blake Bortles. I, I don't even know who's out there, but they, they got to bring in somebody, I think, just to be an absolute kind of, if they need to throw like a Hail Mary at the end of the game, just somebody who can do that. Uh, I don't know who it's going to be, but I, I would watch the waiver wire over the coming days, depending on Hoyer's injury, of course, to see who they might bring in. Uh, because 
that would be an interesting storyline around Patriots Nation. I'm with you. No need to bring Mac Jones back. I think the Patriots can win with Bailey Zappi. Again, three, four of the next six games, which is very, very doable. And if they can come into the bye week like four and six or like three and seven, like, all right, I'll, I'll, I'll take it. Um, but I guess a lot of question marks that I didn't think we'd have at this point in the season. I figured at this point in the season, we'd be talking about, all right, Patriots are one and three. They got Mac Jones. How's he looking? How's he developing? How's Taquan Thornton looking? Who's eligible to come off IR this week? I'm not sure if he will or not. So I feel like we're, we're about to see a very, very different Patriots team over the coming kind of month or two than we just watch. And for whatever reason, I'm optimistic about it. Yeah, totally. And like our best rule of thumb too, for like this quarterback position, uh, 2016 in week four, uh, Jimmy Garoppolo was dealing with his shoulder injury. Jacoby Brissett had his thumb injury. Brady was suspended. Brissett was the only active quarterback that day. Uh, Garoppolo was named inactive. They did not get a you know backup quarterback or anything like that. It was only uh, it was only Jacoby Brissett. And so, like, there is precedence that they might only roll with Zappy on the roster and you know Hoyer can play whatever role he can during like the week um of like prepping him and then like you know what if your third string quarterback goes down maybe your offense is still just going to be better off handing the ball to your two really great running backs so like yeah I'm not too worried about that uh they're playing with house money so long as they're with their third string quarterback I'm just gonna have fun with it I would love to see you know Zappy set all of the college records like not just a, like every single passing record in Zappy's so like let him air it out let him throw it deep to Aguilar let him throw it deep to Parker let him throw like if Myers is able to operate like get Kendrick Bourne involved, go four wide, have your running backs. Like there's so much fun that could be had here. Uh, if they don't want to like, you know, try and intentionally limit him. So like, I'm here for that. I want them to lean into it. Uh, I'm very excited for next week. I, I think that, you know, uh, I, this is like the ideal situation where like, I feel great about them being one at three uh, in a way that I didn't last year. And I, I think that, some of the pieces are falling into place, even if the record doesn't reflect it, just due to the difficulty of what they've had to face. And whoever had the first drafted quarterback of 2022 to throw a touchdown pass being Bailey Zappi, come down and collect your prize. Didn't see that coming. <sighs> yeah, fun is the word. I think I think you and I have used the word unsexy a lot to describe past Patriot seasons or off seasons. I think let's just have fun with it. It's the phrase for 2023 going forward, because usually this time of year, the quote-unquote second preseason's all was already over now. It's time to get started with football in earnest, but I don't know what the hell is going on. Nobody does. I feel like all around the league, things are making no sense. You know, Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady are struggling. The Colts beat the Chiefs. The, 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 the Ravens barely held on. You know, it's just a wild season already, and we don't know what to expect. Um, it should be a lot of fun to break down this rest of the season, even though we don't know who's going to be taking snaps, and I'll allow it. Before we close out, Rich Hill, any kind of early quick hit thoughts about the Detroit Lions, what you're looking for coming up on Sunday, or is it more like, I have no idea, let's just see what happens? Yeah, I mean, early, uh, this Lions team is wild. Uh, they currently rank first in the league in points scored and last in the league in points allowed. So, like, this is going to be a 40-40 to 40 scoring affair. Uh, they produce a lot through the air. They have like a very explosive offense. Five players already have 240 
uh, yards uh, of scrimmage or yards from scrimmage. And uh, the top leader for the Patriots uh, are the running backs, right? Like 270. And they have like five players that are putting that up. So they have Amon Ross, St. Brown, uh, and DeAndre Swift, who both only have played three games. Um, And then Jamal Williams at at running back, TJ Hawkinson, Josh Reynolds. Like they have a pretty dynamic group of players out here that are super well-balanced. It's pretty like a strong lineup. And, you know, they they are dishing uh, on offense. I don't think that they're, I mean, like they are like, doing really well i think that that's benefit a little bit from their schedule um but they're doing a great job on offense and their defense is atrocious uh thinking of like where do they rank they're 32nd in yards allowed per carry so if i'm the patriots i'm just gonna let damian harris this is gonna be like one of those colts matchup games uh from like 2014 or like you know around the andrew luck era where the patriots could just run for 250 yards on the ground and just control the entire game I wouldn't be shocked if that's what the Patriots did. If they just had six linemen on the field at all times, you know, have Marcus Cannon be that extra tight end uh, and then have Hunter Henry on the opposite end, just be like really heavy. Uh, And then you have your strong blockers out there. You know, you have your Aguilar, you have your Parker, and then you just, uh, you know, even have Hunter Henry be fullback a little bit, but you just have Damien Harris and Ramondre Stevenson just grind this out and run until they can stop you. Love that. The only thing I'm wondering about, Richo, you said Marcus Cannon in there as the extra tight end. That would imply that Isaiah Wynn is in there at tackle. Uh, yep. You think he gets another shot to start, or is he slowly being phased out of this offense? Because he had a horrible game on Sunday, and he's good, it seems, for one drive-killing penalty per game, usually yep. on the heels of a big gain. So what's the deal with him? Yeah, I mean, I think he's definitely on the way out. It's very clear that this is going to be his last year as a member of the Patriots. Like, he's just not the player that he hasn't developed into the player that they wanted him to be. Um, part of that is like, I feel like he should have been inside his entire career. He should have been the left guard. <laughs> like, honestly, that's what they should have done. Um, they, they should have immediately put him on the interior because he just like doesn't have the length on the outside. He gets beat by speed moves and he doesn't have the length to recover. Uh, and it happens over and over and over again. And he overcompensates and leads to these penalties. He just doesn't have the right profile for the role through no fault of his own because he's like still good like he's a good run blocker when he has his hands on the guy and it's just a matter of like okay then put him in the box put him on the inside and then he can, that can maximize his ability just hasn't happened um so I, I think that he is getting phased out i think from a who can play on the outside they've used cannon as that extra tight end and so they know he can play that role and honestly like that allows win to go on the inside um and that allows him to like not be as vulnerable on the edge and cannon can use his you know six foot seven 350 pound frame uh opposite of trent brown who is you know also the same size uh i know that uh can like six three three fifty like different frames but like they have the size on the edge that'll be really helpful for keeping zappy clean giving him time um and then just also just like paving the way so i think wins on his way out but you know honestly putting him inside shaded from cannon is probably the best case for what you can look for i will take it the good news is the Patriots interior line is lights out props to cole strange having an amazing rookie season i want to talk to you a lot more about the interior offensive line the offensive line in the run game on our thursday podcast rich because you're 100 correct this is going to be a running game focused grind them out slugfest they Lost 45 to 48 somehow. Seahawks, Lions, never saw that coming. Strong tight end. Patriots struggled against covering tight ends. Could be a big Kyle Duggar game. 
Looking forward to your thoughts on Thursday's podcast. Moving on. It's October, Rich. Happy spooky season. Uh, anything else you want to chat about before we close out of here? Nope. Time for the Patriots to get spooky with Bailey Zappi. Yes. Happy for All Zappi right, or whatever it is. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Rock All right. Man. Well, until next time, you have a good one. You too, buddy. See you.